the speaker that was talking was even said, you know, that when we show your life on social media through a lens of perfection, nobody knows what really goes on behind that veil. And we present our best self. We present ourselves that looks perfect and we present ourselves that speaks perfect and doesn't do anything wrong. We show our accomplishments. We forget to show people the other stuff that's been there too, that's occurred, like how we got to that spot, right? How did you overcome the adversity to get to the spot where you can achieve some sort of success? You have to lift the veil. You have to show people what's behind the veil. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Catchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I have the great pleasure of having Marisa Brown with me today. Marisa, how are things out west? <laughs> you make it sound like the Wild West. They're good. Um, today is a overcast but warm days, so I'm guessing we have more like fires ahead. Oh no. So you're in Oregon, right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So I always do this different than most podcasters. So if the listeners want to get in contact with you after they hear the amazing stories that you have to tell, what's the best way for them to do that? They can go to my LinkedIn um, and it's uh, LinkedIn slash in slash uh, Marisa Venus Promotions. Uh, my business is Venus Promotions and you can reach me through all of my connecting points are on my website as well. So my email, marisavenuspromotions.com and my LinkedIn and my Instagram. So Beautiful. And so you've got this amazing journey and we're going to unpack this and talk to the partners <laughs> about just so many great topics. And so first thing we always dive into is self-image and Let's talk to you a little bit about what your life was like before you started the journey to catch your dream. You know, that's funny. It's like writing out some answers from the stuff that we had to prepare before. I started laughing. I was like, what was my life like before I caught my dream? And I'm like, what is anyone's life like before they catch their dream? It's really interesting, right? Like, is your life just something that you're kind of going through? Are you going through the motions? Are you a robot? But life wasn't bad, but I pivoted my life a lot um, even before I caught my dream. I had my daughter at a young age, my oldest daughter. I had her when I was almost 21, when I was 20. And so I think that I started catching what I wanted to do later because I just started doing what I had to do. So my life was out of necessity, out of survival mode, what I needed to do. So, so in that, you realized that you had to make some sacrifices in order to take care of the responsibilities that you had. And... You know, I guess there were a lot of choices along the way that you made in order to end up in that space. And so you were 20. So I guess you were almost a senior in school or how did that all play out? So I was in my second year of college when I found out I was pregnant. It was actually spring break of my second year of college. And I decided that I was going to move home. I was really sick. And so I was having a really hard time going to class anyways. And so I, I just made the decision to move back home and to my, <laughs> my family's utter disappointment. No, my mom wasn't necessarily disappointed per se. She just was not excited that I wasn't going to be finishing school, at least at that point. I did make the decision to go back to school after I had my daughter. But uh, yeah, so I made the decision to move home. And, you know, with every choice that you make, everything happens in your life differently, right? Like all the ripples are created that change the way that things happen. So so you went back home and then started doing the things that had to be done to take care of you and her. And that ranged from... <laughs> that ranged from, let's see, I decided to go back to school and be a full-time student and take my daughter to the in-school nursery. And then, you know, I was working on the side to make ends meet. And I lived with my mom at the time. Um, you know, thankful for my mom. If I didn't have her, it might've been a little bit harder. 
but um, I was able to live at home and do those things. And so I, I graduated from college and I, I did a lot of jobs to make ends meet to help take care of my daughter. So. All right. So I'm going to fast forward because the thing that really shocked me when we first started talking was that you're like a wildland fire. <laughs> yeah, I like fast forwarding. <laughs> right. So how do you go from odd jobs to fighting fires in the wild? Honestly, so we can fast forward, and I was going to tell this part of the story anyways, but I got married, and I went through a really nasty divorce after, you know, and then I had my second daughter. I went through a really bad divorce, and so on the journey to heal and the journey to recover from a really bad divorce, I stumbled upon a friend of mine who uh, owned a boxing gym and ran a boxing gym, and he said, hey, you should join the gym, and I was like, what? Okay, sure, why not? I need to get back to being myself. I need to get back to being an athlete. I need to get some aggression out. So I'll go join a boxing gym. And so when I joined the gym, a couple of friends that were there that were part of the gym as well said, Hey, we know you're looking for another job. We know that you, you know, that you work really hard at the gym. Have you ever thought about being a wildland firefighter? And I was like, what? Like, no, never thought about that before. I mean, I grew up in Oregon. The woods were, are not like something scary to me, but I never did a job in the woods. I never grew up like working out in the woods, like a lot of my friends. And so I was like, do people even do this? Like do girls even do this? I have no idea. Like, what does this even mean? And so I found out a little more about it and I decided to start training for it. And I hit the ground running. So it was really funny. I hit the track that first day for what we call the pack test. It's basically a you test you have to complete in under 45 minutes, three miles, no running, walking with a 45 pound pack on your back. And you have to be able to complete it, like I said, any amount of time. And you can't have obviously physical conditions present that will make it so that you can't complete it. And they have to make sure that you can actually endure, you know, some sort of physical element. And so I remember hitting that track and my, my old boss used to tell me like, when he first met me that he thought I was like going to die. <laughs> he thought there's no way this girl's going to make it, you know? And then I did, and I did really well. And he was like completely shocked, you know, because I mean, I showed up in like hot pink tennis shoes and, you know, bright workout clothes and everybody else there was a guy. <laughs> so, you know, needless to say, it was a little intimidating, but I just thought I'm going to do this and I'm not going to look back. So. So did you have a track record of like, doing the things that all the girls aren't doing and kind of I grew up so like in school I just always did different things than other people and in high school the sports that I did were the sports that were different than what other people were doing in Oregon like the popular sports were football soccer basketball volleyball and I actually was a swimmer and played water polo and rode on the crew team so like the sports that are not as popular, but just were more interesting to me. I've always been a swimmer. My mom was a lifeguard. I swam for my whole life. So water sports and stuff are just something that I have always been drawn to. And we played water polo as a club sport until it became a high school sport. And we always played with the guys. I had a lot more guy friends in high school. I was a, a grade A dork. So like, I just had a lot more friends that were men. I tended to get along better with them there was just a lot less drama at the time. So this is interesting because somewhere along the way you got into promotions as well. And it felt like you were doing both of these things, firefighting and promotions at the same time, which sounds kind of insane, but like walk me down the path on how you, you do that. So it was necessity at first. So necessity walked me into promotions, right? So I started doing promotions when my daughter was young, my oldest daughter. I have three kids. She's the oldest one. And when she was young, I started doing promotions for like um, cell phone companies and for sporting goods stores. And if nobody is familiar with what that actually looks like about 15 years ago, I walked around the mall and would, you know, like pass out flyers and have you come in and try new products and would sign you up on the text message and email list that were, do you guys remember those from like 15 years ago when they were like one line or something? It was nothing. It was, it was terrible. Um, but that's what I started doing. Um, and I was, you know, getting people involved in all of that stuff. So New Balance before New Balance was cool again, weird, but, <laughs> but I did all of that stuff. And then I just progressed and I ended up doing more jobs and I ended up getting called back by other companies that sold stuff that was, you know, in more demand and they paid me more. So I just kept doing it. All right. So you're getting people signed up and then you're like, okay, the firefighting thing, 
And oh, no, I had other sales jobs before that too. I was a brand rep for a liquor distribution company. And so I did my own sales and promotion. A lot of people will hire other people. I did my own. And then I kept working for the companies that hired me <laughs> after I quit that job. Wow. <laughs> so. In the end though, like, did you have something in mind where you stringing all these experiences together to get to something? Yeah. So, you know, for the longest time, I really didn't know what that looked like. Um, and when I, when I walked into wild and firefighting, I thought, this is it, this is for sure what I want to do. I want to own my own company. I'm going to train all these people. And, um, and that was the idea I had in my head a couple years ago. And then one of my friends who knows me as both knows me doing all, you know, all the jobs said, well, why don't you start your own promotions company? And I was like, I just don't know how successful that'll be here. This isn't like a big city or something. I'm not sure how I can really like be successful with that. And, but it kept coming up. This friend of mine kept saying like, you should just do it and just see what happens. And I kept saying no. <laughs> and so the fire season was really, really slow this last year. And I realized that just like making that sustainable income, unless you're going to do something with it, that's a little different, like, you know, do like forestry and thinning the rest of the year and then do firefighting the rest of the year. I just realized that it wasn't going to be sustainable income for me. And so I would have to do something that could create long-term wealth. I realized that I didn't want to hold that type of lifestyle down anymore. Do I want to hold this hustle mentality down for the rest of my life? Do I feel like this is where I want to be? There has to be something more and something better. I've done all these things. There has to be something I can do. And so I decided to start my business. So, Okay. So, I mean, that's the key lesson there, guys. Make sure that the businesses that you're going in are sustainable and not cyclic. Because if it's cyclic, you can end up in big trouble trying to figure out how you're going to offset your income. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty excited that it was slow. That means the the land isn't burning, which is a... (laughs) Yeah, you know, it happens. Fires are like that, you know. Mother Nature is, is cyclical. But I will tell anybody that I believe that that my experience that I had from the last six years doing wild and firefighting is what pushed me to the place of being able to be an entrepreneur. Because I did so many things that I realized I could do it, right? Like a lot of us are perfectionists and I tell everybody I'm a semi-reformed perfectionist. And when you look at a mountain and it looks like this, okay, that's like 100% grade. (laughs) And if I can hike that with 70 pounds on my back and still make it on the other side, I can start my own freaking business. So I push through the barriers and let you know that, hey, it's possible. All I have to do is put my mind to it. So you start your own business. Who shows up along the way to kind of show you the road? Because it's not like you went to like business school or anything, right? No, I didn't go to business school. My sister actually went to school for that, but she didn't help me, <laughs> just so everybody knows. <laughs> You know, at first, nobody came along. The only person that helped me was really myself. And I'm, I'm a firm believer, though. Uh, I did a lot of work, especially in this last year, but even in the last few years, on starting to do mindset changing. And I realized that the law of attraction can be a little bit much. There's truth in that, like, what you need will come when you're ready for it. And so I knew I needed help. We'll backtrack when you ask me some deeper questions. I'll tell you what that really means. But I knew I was out of place that I needed help. And I happened to uh, walk into the right place to find the help that I needed. And I, would, I, will, I will say that that person came along to help me at that time. But up until then, nobody was coming to save me. <laughs> it was me pushing and knowing that there had to be more resources available for me to figure some things out. So, so what... Was the initial idea, because I know you've pivoted since you started. I really thought when I started my business that this was going to be your kind of substandard um, promotions company. I had people that I had worked with for a long time, companies and businesses down here that had worked with me that said, yeah, absolutely. Like if you start your own promotions company and you know what you've been doing for us, we'll hire you right away. No problem. Well, that was a fairy tale because the people that I used to work for reached out to all of the other companies that worked with me that were going to contract me and told them that they couldn't hire me. <laughs> they said if they did, they would stop doing business with them. And the problem with that it wasn't that they were the issue, the promotions company. It was one of the people that owned the company was married to somebody that was higher up um, in liquor and would pull all of the sponsoring and all of the brands that they represented from having any promotional stuff available. 
So I got blacklisted <laughs> and it was pretty much like, okay, so there's nothing there now. What am I going to do? So I knew I needed help at that moment. Okay. So somebody had to ax the grind. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do with that? I mean, how, how do you pivot when, you know, basically the culmination of your experience is kind of pulled out from under you, right? There's no carpet. So at that point, I could have given up. I could have just been like, well, okay, I got to scrap this business, you know, and that's what happens, I think, to a lot of people, you know, what happens is something gets pulled out from you underneath you, the rug, the proverbial rug gets pulled out from underneath you. I could have gone back and tried to look for, you know, a normal job or gone back to firefighting and doing this kind of like back and forth lifestyle of do I have money? Do I not? I was like, there's got to be something that will make this work. I've, I've got to figure this out. There's, there's something I can do here. And so I stumbled into a business expo, a small business expo. And I walked in. I had no idea what I was looking for there. I just knew there's got to be resources. Maybe somebody can help me. And so there was just all these booths and tables set up. And one person was in the corner and uh, had this video playing. And it was about brand strategy. And I was like, what is brand strategy? Like, what does this even mean? Right? Like I haven't even been in this world, so I have no idea. I'm like, I think I understand what it means. I'm intelligent. I, I brand strategy. Okay. Maybe. And so I went up and talked to him and I said, so what do you do? What do you help people do? He's like, well, I help people define their business models and actually create, you know, a plan for their business. And I'm like, well, out of everybody here, you're the only person that sounds remotely close to somebody who can help me. And so I remember thinking, okay, this is cool. And then I asked him about what he was doing. He was offering a promotion and he's like, oh yeah, if you drop your business card in here, he's like, I'm offering a, a $500 credit. And I'm thinking in my head, holy shit. Like if, if anybody's offering a $500 credit to a business, like you already know it's going to be expensive. Right. And so I'm in my head right now at the beginning of my business without a whole lot of money. And I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to go for it, whatever I need to do this. And so I dropped my business card in and then I heard from him a couple weeks later and he told me I won the promotion. And I'm like, Cool. So I, I went in to meet him. And when I went in to meet him, um, I kind of told him what was happening. We talked about everything. And, and then I started talking about my actual goals, though, what I want to do. And he's like, okay, we have something to work with. Like, he's like, you know, and it's funny because it makes me a little emotional now to think about how far I've come, but you're an ideal client. He's like, you have a purpose. I'm happy. <laughs> These are happy tears. They're not sad tears. But you know, because you're on the other side of what I've been doing. So you know where I'm at now. So <laughs> this was 11 months ago, <laughs> 10 months ago, 10 months ago. That, or no, when did I walk in and talk to him? It was November. So it wasn't even that long ago. It was November of last year. So what are we in? Yeah, we're, we're working on eight, eight or nine months ago that this happened. You know, I sat down and he's like, yeah, you have an actual purpose. He's like, you need a map. You need a roadmap. I had a big picture. And he's like, now we need to create a map for you. He's like, you know, there's more experience here than you think. Cause I was like, I don't have this much, much experience. I can't do this. I've never worked in doing this. And he's like, no, you've done so many things. He's like, your experience is so vast and broad. He's like, we can turn that into something different and it'll be better than what you originally had planned. And here we are. <laughs> okay. And so your purpose or your mission was what? Um, I mean, what I want to do and what I've wanted to do for a long time is inspire other women, because I'm a woman, to live their lives with confidence and purpose, um, because I believe that most problems that happen for women, most of the things that we get caught up in have to do with insecurities um, and living to other people's expectations. So I want other women to be able to take up their life confidently go in the direction that will be successful for them. And I, when I say successful, I mean, whatever their version of that is. Right. So that's one of my big picture goals, no matter what I do is inspiring other women to become confident and confidently go in the direction of their dreams. I know that's a quote, but it's always stuck with me for my entire life. So. Okay. And so how do you do that? Right. That's very heady. So what's the practical application so that you're manifesting that in your walk? That's right. Um, so for me, the vessel and the vehicle that I use to deliver that message is in offering promotional services. And I help people shine in the light that they're at. And I help provide a tool 
um, to make them visible to their audience. And we do that with uh, now <laughs> virtual events and, you know, putting VIP and virtual events together for people. Um, and instead of bringing people out to the audience, we bring the audience to them to share their message. I think so many people have a message to share that we don't get to see. Um, and as I've told you before, I like to bring depth to industries that have lacked it for a long time. Talk to me about that. What does it mean to bring depth? So people throw it around without having anything to back it up, right? So when you're actually using those words, they need to be something that we show people. And I think when you have value, authenticity, and you're being genuine, that you have self-awareness and that you can deliver that in a vulnerable and real way to people because that's honest and that's true. And it shows the reality of what actually happens. We were talking about this earlier, I asked a question or I said something in a virtual event that I was attending this morning. And I said that um, they were talking about how everything is always for your audience. And I said, well, I believe that the value we provide is for our audience. I also believe that it's part of our job to show the honesty with how we are getting there through our vulnerability. Because other people don't see that it's something that they can achieve then. Whoa. <laughs> So why don't they see that they can achieve it? Um, the speaker that was talking was even said, you know, that when we show your life on social media through a lens of perfection, nobody knows what really goes on behind that veil. And we present our best self. We present ourselves that looks perfect. And we present ourselves that speaks perfect and doesn't do anything wrong. And we show our accomplishments. We forget to show people the other stuff that's been there too, that's occurred, like how we got to that spot. Right? How did you overcome the adversity to get to the spot where you can achieve some sort of success? You have to lift the veil. You have to show people what's behind the veil. Ooh, but it's all perfect and it was easy and it happened overnight. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't even know how many times that I've stumbled over my own two feet on this journey. Like, let's just be honest, you know, like there's always going to be obstacles. I think Jacob Brown, who's on LinkedIn, he always says, fail forward. I love that. Fail forward is the truth. If you fail, you just have to pick yourself up and start again, right? And ready is a lie. Nobody is ready. There is never a moment that you were just ready to like dive into your new life. You just did it. You know what I mean? You just had to do it. So, yeah. Okay. And so it's interesting that you said you have to overcome some things. And what I always like to ask people is what's been your worst fear in the process? So that's a great question. And I love that question. And mine's twofold. It's the two prong. So there's been a fear of failure, but then a fear of success. And I think that happens on um, both ends of the spectrum. You know, when you come from a lower socioeconomic, like poor background, you have a scarcity mindset. You have a starvation mode. I like to call it starvation mode mentality where like every month is another month that, well, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to make this bill pay? Right. When you're like turning a corner and that's not necessarily your lifestyle anymore, all of a sudden it becomes real that you might be successful, <laughs> but oh shit. And I'm going to say a bad word. What does that even look like? Like, what does that look like? I've never been here before. I don't know what this is like, right? I didn't come from this. So now that I'm on this side of things, how do I sustain it? How do I keep doing this? There's a fear of if I get over the hump of not failing, how do I stay successful? How did you break through that fear? There, there is something that we attach. We attach our worth to whether or not we're, we're successful or not. And that's something that like, I honestly feel like we do a huge disservice to people by letting them believe that your worth is attached to whether you're successful or not. So like if we detach our self-worth from our success or failure, you'll realize that you can do something again. If you do fail, you can do it again because it's not defined who you are. So I knew that because I'm still who I am, even if I failed, I would pick the pieces back up and start another business. I think so many people are a slave to the persona. They're perfect. They have to be perfect. And my favorite thing is when I see people posting on social media about how happy they are in their relationships. Ooh. They know what's happening in their relationships and how unhappy they are. Right. They want everybody to believe that they are. And so they post these pose pictures and it's just 
back to the word of the hour, right? Authentic, right? It's not being authentic in their approach. And that for me is a real challenge because for the person who's struggling in their relationship and they think, especially I think people see this most when like they get married. Oh, I'm not supposed to have any conflict. I'm not supposed to have any arguments or, or disagreements or any of that stuff. And that's just not real if you're putting two people in the space. And if everybody agrees about everything, one person is not needed, right? That's right. That's right. Dealing with yourself. So I, I just like all of that. And so, Marisa, you talked about the challenges, but was there a point when, like, everything was on the line? Did you have a rock bottom? Well, and, you know, that was interesting. When I when I was looking at over that question, I thought to myself, was everything really on the line? Um, to me, it felt like I've already been to rock bottom. And, I mean, I could... I can rise from rock bottom. I've risen from it before. So I'm like, if I get to that point, I can do it again. But really where it was, it wasn't it wasn't rock bottom, but it was on the line because I was at that point. And this was the one before I walked into that business expo. It was really that spot where I was like, I'm either going to continue with this or I'm going to turn back around and head back down the path of um what do I, what do I, I don't know. Everybody's stuck in the, we're supposed to do that mentality, right? The path that says, this is just what we're going to do because we have to. And I'm like, I just don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I call it the rat race. Nobody needs to be involved in it. You call it the matrix. I call it the rat race because we're all shuffling along like little rats. And that's, and you know, it's some sort of weird laboratory experiment. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I got to turn around and go the other way. So that was where it was on the line for me. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. How did you even realize that you were in the rat race, though? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, when I seriously sat like down and, you know, you can't have some of these conversations with yourself until you're ready. And that's one of the things I, I say there too, is that if I would have tried to do some of this stuff five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. I would have been like, you know what, this isn't right. I'm just going to go apply for, you know, a salary job and we'll see what happens. Right. Cause that's what everybody's supposed to do right now. That's what's respectful and, and no one will question you and it'll just be okay. But Um, when I sat down with myself and I was able to have this conversation with myself and go, is this what I want to do? I said to myself, do I want to be my mom at 59 years old, working in a job that I don't love with people that don't respect me doing all of their work and realizing that I don't have much money. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. No. And I love my mama really. Like I love my mama more than anything. And she's honestly I have to give her some credit. She's now, you know, almost 60 years old and she's decided that she's not going to do some of that stuff. So kudos to her, you know, but it took her a really long time to figure that out. And I mean, uh, that's okay. That's another message though to some people that listen, right? You can start whenever you want to. You don't have to be defined or held to a position in your life or a standard that somebody else has set for you. You can change whenever you want. And that's something else that I always tell people like, you do not have to be defined by people's definition or rules or standards that they've set for you forever. That is, you can, you can break away from that and do something different. So I realized I just didn't want to do that. I don't want to be 60 years old and figuring this out. So I had to have a real conversation with myself about what I wanted to do. And that was it. That's amazing. So you said something that I've got to pull on, right? You said, <laughs> I know you, I know you always find the places. <laughs> you said, I wouldn't have been ready. What makes a person ready? There is a point where the things that have hurt you for a long time or held you back, trauma or pain, that you have to start dealing with. You have to heal. And if you're going to be carrying that around for the journey, you're not going to be successful because it's always going to pull you back. I called it my monster or my demon the other day on LinkedIn. And I know you said, whoa, to that too. but the reason why I call them demons and monsters is because they take a hold of part of your soul and pull you back. Once you start to go forward, they creep up and they invade your thoughts and your mindset and you pull yourself back into a different place. And I had to do work with some of that stuff. I had to work around a lot of it and realize that I could forgive myself for certain things and that I could let go of other things. So. Okay. 
I like what we're yeah, Uh-oh, he's pulling on something else. <laughs> You're going down this path. You put your stuff in the drawing. You get this free thing or this discounted thing. <laughs> right, I was discounted. At, I paid for it. <laughs> at some point, though, you you decided that you had to keep going. You decided that this was where you were going. You weren't going to, I call it turning around in the desert and going back where you came, (laughs) right? Like you got to go all the way through the desert. If you get halfway and turn around, you're going to die. If you only go a quarter of the way, then you don't actually know if you can actually make it. And so you decided that you got to some point in the desert. You're like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep walking up the mountain with the 75 pound backpack or, you know, all these things that have taught you along the way to endure the struggle and the challenge and the pain. When was that moment? You know, I think it was, in all honesty, I know it was when I sat down and I realized that what I was creating was a legacy because I all of a sudden realized that what was happening was sparking different things in my in conversations with my kids and different things from just those conversations, but also from our relationship, what I could see happening, what I could see being modeled. And uh, I, I realized that life by design is a real thing, right? Like you can exercise and do things to where you get to spend time with your family and you can also create something that is sustainable to take care of them as well too. And I could see like my middle daughter start talking to me about all of her business ideas and like she's nine and she's great because she'll just be like, mom, I could do this and I can do this. And I'm like, we've never even talked like this in our family before. And now we're starting to talk about stuff like this. I'm like, this is the right thing. This is the right thing for me to do. I have to keep doing this. Because if I'm inspiring my nine-year-old daughter, there's got to be other people that are going to be inspired by this too. So, Wow. (laughs) So is that the only reward that you've had for going down this arduous trip? Oh man, no, no. <laughs> There's always going to be moments where, you know, you're like, why am I doing this? This is stressful. But, and that that's in everything, really, that's in everything. But I think there's been a lot of rewards. I don't even know. I mean, once you start traveling on a path to one, do something better in your life, you start changing a lot of things, right? You start immersing yourself in other things. I mean, I already was doing some of it before I got to this point, but I started subscribing to all the podcasts and I started reading the books that I was already reading. Some of them, I've been an avid reader my whole life, but like I started doing more and I started journaling and I started writing down things. I've been a writer. So writing has been something that I've just loved my entire life. And I've always wanted to write a book ever since I was a kid. And I started writing some stuff for my book and I started putting pieces together in my journal about what I wanted to do and what I was grateful for. Um, And gratitude has been a big thing for me too. Making sure to be thankful for everything has really helped me along the way, but you start to change things. Your mindset becomes different. Um, You think at the time uh, that you're losing friends. I wrote this in another post. I remember writing this in a, in an Instagram post about how everybody thinks that their friends are going to be their avid supporters. Um, but there's two things, <laughs> right? But there's two things that happen with that. One, your friends are never going to be your, and, and your family are never going to be your avid supporters unless they're just like super close to you and they just believe in you. That's it. They just won't be. And that's okay. It's an expectation that nobody should have for one. For two, you'll start weeding out the people in your life that you just can't bring along the journey with you. You know, it'd be nice to bring everybody up with you, but other people just won't rise to the occasion. Not everybody can make it, right? And that's okay. Because you start formulating friendships that become better friendships. So, ooh, in <laughs> a nerve. But what about cousin and Boo <laughs> and John Boy and John <laughs> with the Waltons? Uh, you know, um, it's not that they're not good people, and it's not that you can't have a conversation with them still. But everything changes. The, what you talk about even changes with people, right? Like I have never been a person that has lacked depth conversations with people. I can never have like a very shallow conversation for a long time with people. That's just never been how I am, but it's become even worse as an entrepreneur. Like just the other day, my, one of my friends was visiting and her and I were out to eat, you know, social distancing, the whole thing. But two of our friends were there that we hadn't seen for a long time. It was a coworker of hers and a friend of mine. 
And they wanted to come sit down and talk for a few minutes. And we said, if you don't want to come to our table, you have to talk about what we're talking about. And I'm going to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. So if you come to this table, you're about to have a business conversation because that's what we're having right now. So if you don't want to have a business conversation, you should probably sit over there. Like We literally were just like, sorry. <laughs> so you've raised your standards and there's a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that part of it because they don't want to be seen as weird from the people that they've spent time with in the past. Right. And in order to go up, I think it's just like a space shuttle, right? It loses parts and pieces as it goes and only the essential stuff stays. So I, I love it. And it's a product of the, of the five people that you spend the most time with, you know, everybody thinks that that is a lie, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's not. I look at it now and I can see it, you know, from the friends I even had five years ago and who I was with. And even if I had this idea or this mentality that I was destined for more and wanted to do more, I, w- I, I couldn't get out of the suck. And I call it like the suck because you're with people that are emotional vampires. They drain you all the time and you just can't get out of that mentality. You get pulled back into the quicksand with them every time, you know, you're like, okay, I can just stay trapped here. Nobody wants to do that. So. That's a real thing. And so let's talk about that. Was there anything or anyone who tried to pull you back into your old world? You know, um, that's an interesting thing to say. Yeah, I, and she won't listen to this or watch this. So I'm, I feel neither here nor there about it. But my, I would have considered this person a best friend, however many, you know, even up to last year, but she had distanced herself from me before I started my business, but the moment hit in our friendship where we were having a conversation and she was talking about something going on in her life and who, who this person I'm okay. You've met me, you know, that for a lot of my life, I'm the type of person that's been a giving person. I give a lot to people and I've given a lot in friendships and therefore and never expecting all of that other stuff in return. Cause I just don't think that's how you place value upon friendships, but realizing that when you're the person giving all the time that other people don't give back to you, it comes back later. And so we were having a conversation and she had not asked me for, for a long time, like, how's everything going with you? Anything new with your business? Are you cool? Anything, nothing. And so I decided that I was going to share something with her for a second. I started to share with her and she cut me off saying, I can't listen to any of that right now. Maybe when I'm in a different place about what's going on in my life. And I went, the, the switch flipped in my head and I went, what? you can't even listen to me talk about something going on in my life that's good for one second, but I have to listen to you talk about everything negative in your life and you suck the emotion and and just drain me for the entire conversation before this. And I went, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be in the same place in life right now (laughs) because you, if you can be, you, if you can be a shoulder for someone when they're going through all the bad times, then you need to be willing to listen to people's success as well too. And so I was like, I just, I can't, I don't know if we we're going to end and lo and behold, um, that was the last real conversation that we had. And, and I still tried cause that's the type of person I am. I still try to be reach out and be nice. And I never got anything in return. And I thought, you know, for all the years that we spent together, um, you're just going to be where you're at. You know, you're content to be comfortable and not move beyond what you're doing and, you know, experience discomfort to have a better life. So experience discomfort to have a better life. Yes. Yes. Okay. So they try to suck the energy out. They try to suck you back in. What is the biggest difference in your approach to life today now that you've outgrown your old ways? I think I look at things um, and I don't think So the mindset's different. The way I look at things is different now. I don't look at something and think that I can't do it or that it can't be achieved. I realize the work that has to be put in to do it as well. But I used to tell myself that I couldn't do things a lot, right? Um, As a perfectionist, you tell yourself you can't do things because if you can't do it perfectly, you're just not going to do it at all, right? You never pull the trigger. You don't, I call that, you don't pull the trigger on a lot of things. I pull the trigger on way more things now than I ever would in my life before. Um, because I'm comfortable with sharing. So part of it for me, part of it for me, like being different now is also sharing the journey 
and being vulnerable with people in a way that not everybody is. Um, but it helps me along the way to keep going by seeing that where I was to, you know, it's like, it's like looking back at your lens, you see where you were to where you're at and I can see the progression and I'm proud of myself. I'm happy. And so I want to keep going. I want to get to the point where I'm beyond where I am right now too, right? Where I can look back 10 years from now and see this and go, wow, that was great. I was, I was doing really well, but look where I'm at now, you know? So I, the progression, I love that. I love seeing that. And I like look, approaching that from a different perspective and knowing that it's achievable. Um, and for me, this is another crucial piece. And I don't, I don't, I haven't said anything about it. I changed my mindset and the way I felt about money. Like I had to change that for myself. Yes, because scarcity mindset is a real thing. It will trap you in your life for a long damn time if you let it, right? Like you, that my mom is a perfect example. You, if you constantly think that you're not going to have enough, you're not going to, right? Like you're just not going to, you're never going to work for something more. So you have to start thinking one, money is not the root of all evil. Yes. Can it be used for evil? Absolutely. So can anything good can be used for evil. But you can't affect real change and make a better change for people, which is my other goal. You can't affect real change and make a better life for people if you don't have a means to do that. So money is a great tool that you can use to help affect fantastic change. Jewels. Jewels. <laughs> Jewels, right? Yeah. If you constantly believe that you won't have enough, you won't. The law of attraction is a real thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Marisa, what are you most grateful for? <sighs> that life is a gift. You know, we look, we tend to look at life when we wake up like, oh God, I can't believe I'm here. I'm awake. I'm doing this again. Right. You, we put our feet down and we're just like, uh, we're here, but life's a gift life. There's a choice when you, when your feet hit the floor in the morning, the life can either be something that you're like, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm happy to be here. And I know not everybody has this opportunity. And so you can make something more of it. You know, I, I think honestly, I'm just, I'm happy that life is a gift and that we also, that thing that I said about being able to redefine who you are, that you're not strapped to somebody's ideas and beliefs of who you were five minutes ago to where you are now. That's fantastic. You have the, the opportunity to reinvent yourself. Okay. <laughs> The expansion is just amazing. And so we're down to the final three. And the first one is what dream are you most focused on catching next? <laughs> one of them. So there's a couple dreams, right? But um, right now I'm dead set on making a large impact in um, industries that have lacked depth for a long time. Boom. Jerome. <laughs> and one of them happens to be, and I hope there's a whole lot of real estate people listening right now, because one of them happens to be real estate and not to be like an, you know, an arrogant jerk, but, or to come off that I like, I know everything, but I would like to make an impact in that specific industry because one, it's one that everybody needs. Um, and two, because it's had a veil for a long time. There's been a veil of perfection that is associated with that, right? You see the perfect people that do this stuff. But yet, how is it that other people are successful doing it as well? So so how are you going to do this? Because I'm totally intrigued. Tell me more. <laughs> Hopefully, um, investing leaders to create, um, you know, meetups and conferences, summits, um, all things all things, uh, you know, real estate and investing related um, capital, all of that to create just, you know, a fantastic environment for people to foster better um, practices. So. Yes. Yeah. I, I think we do need a change. And I've, I started this conversation several months ago. And the funny part is we engaged off of one of my mo my most popular LinkedIn posts to date. Um, it had 30,000 views, if not more. And probably one of your most vulnerable as well. Yeah. And I mean, I just asked the simple question, do I scare you, right? Does my appearance scare you? And we had a ton of conversation around it. And one of them was you reaching out and saying, hey, you don't. 
And I want to see how I can help support you so that you don't worry about those things. And so out of that random act of kindness and generosity and giving um, have been some amazing things. And so this is my first public opportunity to thank you for helping us pull off this Mid-Atlantic Multifamily Investing Conference, which absolutely exceeded my expectations. The goal was to make it feel like a family reunion and people came and left. And I feel like they have new friends who they feel like are old friends. And for me, that is phenomenal. And we had just a really diverse lineup of speakers and even attendees. And so that is just amazing. And I don't, I certainly didn't want to do it online, especially if I had to just do Zoom and Facebook chat, because I didn't think that was the right environment to actually foster this community that you speak of. And being able to take that experience and share it with people around the country and the world, potentially, to help them cultivate these experiences, I think is a very worthy pursuit and one that is needed in this space. I think if we keep doing things the way we've been doing them, there will be no progression. There will be no advancement. And I think that will be a great atrocity for sure. For sure. Yeah. For you were talking about the dream, you know, picking, it's always been hard for me to pick a specific, you know, industry or sort of industries that correlate to each other about what I was doing with promotions. Cause I've wanted to flip the promotion industry kind of, um, they're antiquated and outdated as well too. We run, we've all been running from them for a long time. We don't love marketers. We don't love promoters because everybody feels they're too salesy and gimmicky. And there's a reason for that because it's lacked um, that exactly what we're talking about. The buzzwords that we're using authenticity and, and genuine, just genuine value. And that's a big thing for me. The value alignment has to be there. So. So talk to me a little bit more about like how you're doing this, right? So what makes, the promotions and the meetups and the conferences and all this other stuff. Like, why is it different? Why, why Marisa? <laughs> because so we're not just calling them virtual events, right? We use a virtual event platform, um, but we're not just calling it virtual events. We're calling these virtual experiences because we bring the elements of an in-person experience to a virtual event. And oftentimes you don't get that. You don't get that out of a virtual experience, right? We've, a lot of us have now been to at least a few or more virtual events where we've either been really happy or very disappointed because um, we get pre-recorded videos of people that were like, wait a minute, why? Why did you record that video? I paid $300 and I wanted to see you talk so that I could ask you a question or something because you really admire this person or you look up to them in the industry. And then you get a pre-recorded video and you're like, well, that was crap. <laughs> like, where's the vulnerability? Where's the rawness? Where's what I'm looking for to see? Like, I want to see the nuances in people's conversation. I want to see the way that they express themselves through their facial gestures because communication is more than verbal, right? There's facial expressions, there's hand gestures, and there's emotion behind what you say. And so I want all of that when I'm experiencing events. So we use a platform where we have live presentations, um, of course, you can have videos, but I'm like, I'm a naysayer. I will steer people away from that unless they're absolutely necessary, because I think that you have to bring that to your audience um, and people appreciate it. They do. And we give them a full experience. So we allow for activity and networking. You know, we let people pick their layout. I'm the personal touch person. So I always like to stay in communication with people and uh, also do gifts before and after. Um, and that's just part of the way that you make people feel enticed or invited into what you're doing. And it leaves more of a lasting impression. Like what Jerome was saying, he wanted it to feel like a family reunion. Well, the only way that you're going to walk away from something like that feeling like a family reunion is if you're invited into the experience. So. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things that we just kind of did ad hoc was bringing folks up on stage. Yeah. Stage. Right. During the conference is like, oh, you got a question? Let's pull you up on stage so you can ask it live. And I mean, you don't get that anywhere else. I haven't seen it done. Have you seen it done? Not often. No, I don't even know. I mean, I've heard people flip their voice chat once in a while, but the, it depends on the, the speaker. And honestly, it's a rarity. So, yeah, 
That's awesome. Uh, I am so excited to see this dream come to fruition, and I look forward to having a small hand and making sure that these things actually happen. Because he says small hand, but have you seen his hands? <laughs> <laughs> now we're down to question number two. Ooh, all right. What gift are you giving the world? <laughs> Do we call myself the lady with the purple hair? No, I'm honestly, I'm giving the, the my ultimate for me, the ultimate thing that I want to share with everybody else is inspiration, motivation to change. And I know that that sounds so cliche to a lot of people, but really it's not. It's me inspiring somebody that didn't realize they need to hear it to change. And I get these messages and this is no joke. I realized this was another pivotal moment for me. I realized that this is what I needed to do when I started getting messages in my inbox on LinkedIn, on Instagram, um, in my email where people were saying, you inspire me to do this now. And I'm like, I didn't even realize that was a real thing until I started doing those things. And now I get those messages. I get those comments. I think that everybody can be a leader, but I don't think that everybody can inspire people to change. And that is what I want to give people. <laughs> you guys aren't ready for Marisa. Here we go. This is the final one. What's the one thing you want people to take away from this conversation? That, just that right now, wherever you're at right now, whatever it is that is holding you back from changing what you want to change. You need to deal with it. You have to go deal with what you need to deal with so that you can move forward and create the life that you want. Marisa, you took the red pill. I'm so excited to have you in the network. And I am going to take a screenshot. Yay, because I have a shirt that says it too. So... Yeah, I mean, I just want to affirm you and encourage you to continue going on your path. I think it's absolutely something that's needed in the space. And you certainly are going to shake the world. And even if it's just the little people in your home who are seeing you set the example that maybe you hoped for and that you wished for and teaching them the lessons of what they can be and what they can do so that they don't have to find somebody on TV or someone else who doesn't actually show them the ups and the downs and tells them the whole story about what's actually involved in evolving is like phenomenal. I think so many parents are worried about the judgment of their kids instead of actually allowing them to participate in the process so that they can learn from the missteps along the way. And one of the things that, you know, we do enjoy about the live events is you can see that the speakers are not perfect. You can see that they might lose their train of thought or that they get lost or they tear up from here and there. And that's when you actually see that they're a human, right? And I think the more that we can be human and be humans together, I, th I think the world becomes a much better place because then there is no separation. And that for me is the ultimate. I agree. I absolutely 100% agree. I love that and appreciate that about other people. So, Well, here's to a long, fruitful, prosperous, healthy journey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Marisa. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for inviting me, Jerome. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.